I know if uh, I know when I was a young man and was learning my Bible, and when I'd hear the pastor say, "Turn to Revelation 13," I'd get real excited because I knew enough. I didn't know my Bible very well at all, but I knew enough about my Bible at that time that Revelation 13 was all about the Antichrist. So there was going to be some good stuff. I was going to learn something. I hoped to learn something, and I always did. And uh, every time I've opened up, anytime I open up the Bible, I learn something. If you open up the Bible, you say, "Well, I've already heard this a million times." You'll be amazed what the Lord will show you. Let me show you something new every stinking time. I mean, it's like an onion. It just has all these layers. You just keep peeling it and peeling it and peeling it and peeling it. You're just never going to get enough of it. Uh, I've preached. This will be the eighth sermon on the Antichrist. Eight. This is number eight sermon on the Antichrist. Not, you know, I've been going, uh, skip a couple weeks, then preach another sermon, skip a couple weeks and preach another sermon. And every time I preach a sermon on the Antichrist, it always stirs people up online and they start commenting because we put some of the stuff up on YouTube and there'll always be somebody commenting, posting stuff on there and it doesn't change me one bit. <laughs> it doesn't change me one bit. The Antichrist is going to be associated with the Catholic Church. You can just like it and lump it. It's just the way it is. It's the way it's going to be. The Antichrist is definitely associated with the LBGQT community. And if you like it, you, if, you, if you like it or don't like it, it'll make a hill of beans to me. It's just the truth. It is true. All this stuff's truth. I mean, it's just the Word of God. I'm preaching it. If you don't, I'm not just saying this stuff. I'm, I'm showing you the words. We're, we're turning to Daniel chapter 9. We're turning to these places that shows us stuff. Now, this morning, I want to finish off and uh, showing you the Antichrist and what he's going to do and how he's going to be cast into hell. This is the end of the Antichrist. And we're going to start in Revelation chapter 13, verse 11. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. Now this is the false prophet. This is the rise of the false prophet. And he exercises all the power of the first beast. That first beast would be what we call the Antichrist before him. And he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. What's interesting about that worship is when you study out the Bible, there's going to be cannibalism. They're going to be drinking blood, sacrificing people, eating flesh. It's going to be human cannibalism is what's going on in, in, the, in the Antichrist worship. It's pretty, pretty uh, disgusting. But there's verses, Micah chapter 3, verses 1. I'm going I'm to say these. You can write them down. Or you can get them from me after church. But Micah chapter 3, verses 1 through 4. Isaiah chapter 6, verse 13. Psalms chapter 14, verse 4. Psalms chapter 53, verse 4. Psalms 16, 4. Revelation 16, 6. And Revelation 17, 6. All those speak to a cannibalism in the end times during the reign of the Antichrist. Verse 13, and he, goeth, he, and he doeth, the false prophet doeth great wonders, so that he make, maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image, make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I come to you humbly, Father, in the precious name of Jesus Christ, Father. And I do pray, Lord, you'll give us wisdom out of your book this morning, Lord, out of your words. And of course, Father, I do pray you bless these people, Lord God. I pray you write them in your book of remembrance that they could have been anywhere this morning. But, Lord, they chose to come into your house, Lord, to hear from your word. And, Father, I pray you would feed them. Lord, I pray to be like holy manna come down from heaven. Lord, you'd open up those fountains of living waters, Lord. 
that we might drink, Father. Help us to feed this morning, Lord, on your word, Lord. Help us understand these deep and dark things, Lord, of your word, Lord. Help us to understand them, Father. And I pray your Holy Spirit will lead God and direct us this morning, Father. And Father, I pray if there's somebody who needs the sound of my voice that's never... Walk down the aisle of a church, Lord, and took Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. They can't think of a time that they've bowed their head and prayed and asked, asked you to save them, Lord God. I pray, Father, when they, we give them the invitation later on this morning, Lord God, that they'll make that effort. Come on down here, Lord God, and get saved. In Jesus Christ's holy name I pray. Amen. So he says there in verse uh, 11, he says there at the end that they should make an image to the beast. What's interesting is... Uh, for the longest time when I was studying this, like I said, every time you open up the Bible, something new pop out to you. You studying the Bi- I was studying the Bible. I always thought this was going to be image of the beast. And it, well, it could well be. It could be well the Antichrist. It could be an image of the Antichrist. But right here, you, you'll notice it doesn't have to be. Because he says there at the end of verse 14 that they should make an image to the beast. Not of the beast, but to the beast. So it could be an image that's made for the beast. Which had the wound by sword and did live. Now, if you keep reading with me, verse 15, he had power to give life unto the image of the beast. So you have the of and you have the two. So it could be either way. It could be an image that was made to the beast. Like here's an image that's for the Antichrist. Now you fall down and worship this. And it says there the image of the beast. That image is owned of the beast. The image is owned by the beast. It's maybe not necessarily a copy of that image. Of the, uh, I mean, it's not a copy of the Antichrist. But it's literally just an image. Why, why I keep bringing that up is in the greatest top of this, brothers and sisters, in the Bible is Daniel with, with Nebuchadnezzar. Nebuchadnezzar makes a great image in the plains. And he makes this great image. And in this great image, he makes Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego bow down. And if they don't bow down to this image, when they start singing and shouting and playing the trumpets and the tubas, tubas and everything, he says, if you don't bow down, I'm going to take you and throw you into a fiery furnace. And Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, the only three that wouldn't bow down. You remember that story? So Nebuchadnezzar threw them in the fiery furnace, and they're in a fiery furnace, and Nebuchadnezzar's waiting to see them. The Bible says it was so hot when he threw them into the fiery furnace. What happened? The men that threw Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, they burned up. It killed them. So Nebuchadnezzar said, did I not throw three men in there? But I see four in there, and one of them is like unto the Son of God. Jesus Christ walking around with them, pre-incarnate, walking around with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. You know what? They wouldn't come out. They were alive in there. And Nebuchadnezzar says, hey, y'all guys come out of there. And here they come, and the Bible says they walked out, and they, they, their clothes weren't singed, their hair wasn't singed, they, weren't, they didn't even have the smell of smoke on them. That's how much God had to protect them. One of my favorite parts of that story when Nebuchadnezzar says, bow down and worship Bow down and worship this image, and if you don't, you go into the fiery furnace. You know what Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego told Nebuchadnezzar? Now listen to me. When I tell you this, if you get anything this morning, listen to this. They said, you know what? Our God won't allow us to do that. And we think our God will protect us. But even if he don't, we're not bowing down to that image. He's going to kill us. They had no promise that they were going to be not burned alive. They said, either way, we're not bowing down. If God protects us or not, we're, we're going. Guys, I'm telling you that because there's coming time really soon. Some of us are going to have to make that decision. You know what? I'm gonna, I, I don't care. It don't matter. You throw me in prison. God's not going to make me go to prison. God doesn't promise you that. All through the Bible, people are getting sawn in half 
They're getting stoned for the, in the name of Jesus Christ, getting their heads cut off in the name of Jesus Christ. Get ready. That image that he made, Nebuchadnezzar made, was 90 feet tall by 9 feet around. It's the shape of an obelisk. And you say, what is that? That's basically like the Washington Monument. You go to, in D.C., the Washington Monument, that's what it looks like. That image is everywhere in the world. There's one right up here. I seen it coming to church this morning, right on top of this mountain here, right here. That's it. There's one there at the Vatican. It's everywhere. That image that Nebuchadnezzar set up. But this image is different because this image has, verse 15, has a power of life. And he had power to give life unto the image of the beast, that the image of the beast should both speak and cause as many as would not worship the image of the beast should be killed. I know I grew up in the 80s, 70s. Well, I grew up in the 70s and somewhat in the 80s. And I know I, I think different than a lot of other people. But you know what came to my mind when I was reading this, this image? I was like, what if it was like the image of like a Godzilla or something? 90 feet tall walking around, talking. And I know y'all don't get none of that. But I think, sometimes I think way too much, way out of the box. says in verse 16, And he causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand and in their foreheads. There's the mark of the beast right there. Notice verse 16. It says, Causeth all, everybody, all over the world. You know what that is? That's a mandate. That's what we would call a mandate. Amen? All right, that's a mandate. He calls it all. He mandates it. You're going to get it. Both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond to receive a mark, not on their right hand, in, I in, the right hand, and in their foreheads. That's amazing. What's so amazing about that, Pastor? Because that's exactly what they're trying to do today. They've got a little chip. They've designed a little chip, not much bigger than a grain of rice. They want to put that in, under your skin on, the right, on your right hand. Why would they want to do that? So you can go and they can scan and say, okay, he's had all his vaccines, his blood type is so-and-so, and they can track you. And they want to put these in the kids. So the kids, if they get kidnapped, God forbid, the kid gets kidnapped, they can track them and find out where your kid's at. All this stuff is good, amen. All this stuff makes sense. But right up until you got a man that takes control of it. Amen. Mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. So if you, you won't see it this morning, but if, you, if I had my shirt off, there's a mark right here on my, right my left shoulder. Anybody else have that mark in here? It's right here. Brother, you have that? I know some of you younger ones. Brother Gene, you have that, you have that mark on your left shoulder? They, they, gave us, they gave us that vaccine, a smallpox vaccine. Up until like 1972, I'm showing my age. Some of y'all go, I wish I was born in 72. Well, I wasn't born in 72, before 72, but the, the, it left a mark right there. And I'll see people without their shirt off, and I say, hey, you got the same mark. Some people got it harder than others, but it's right there. You'll see it. Right there. It's a smallpox vaccine. They gave it to them. They were getting rid of smallpox. And I always wondered... There's millions of, they give us lots of vaccines, not just COVID. They're giving us lots of vaccines over here. Why does that one leave a mark? The reason why that one leaves a mark, I investigated this, is because it doesn't go very deep into your skin. It's supposed to be a vaccine for your skin. 
the smallpox. So it didn't go very deep and it would just leave a mark. And it looked like a little gun, round about like that. It looked like they were holding a gun. You can go online, you can see it, and they'd, psh, they'd shoot them. Psh, psh. I remember getting shot like that. And I remember crying. I didn't like it. I don't like shots. As a kid, my mom tried to take me to get a shot, take me to the doctor. I found out somehow or another. I overheard her on the phone or something. So I took a sock, and I took a sock, and I pulled it all the way up on my arm like that. And I wouldn't, and she was trying to get that sock off me, and I wouldn't let her get that sock off because they weren't going to give me a, they weren't going to give me a shot. I got the shot. They pulled the sock off. Somebody stronger than me pulled the sock off. But you see there in verse 16, mark in their right hand and mark or in their foreheads. Exactly what they're trying to do today. So I'm saying all that to say, if they give you that mark, they put that little chip right up underneath the skin, there's a good chance it won't cause a mark. So it could be, it's in your hand, but it's going to be visible on your hand. Like I said, that mark that was left on me, I'm not, over 40 years ago. Pretty amazing stuff. Verse 17, that no man might buy or sell, excuse me, verse 17, and that no man might buy or sell save he, save he that had the vaccine or the name of the, oh, that's not what it says. That's not what it says. I misread that. And that no man might buy or sell, save he that had the mark or the name of the beast or the number of his name. People come to me and say, do you think the vaccine is a mark of the beast? And I'll say, no. I say it's getting ready for the mark of the beast. Everything's getting ready for that. Because they were doing way up north. Now, in Texas, we're blessed, praise the Lord, to live in Texas. I didn't see none of this nonsense going on. But up north, they wouldn't let you buy or sell unless you had that vaccine card. You had to have vaccine. You had proof of vaccine before you come in the store, before you come in and buy and sell. That's what they were doing. That's what the Antichrist is going to do. Guys, can't you see the storm clouds on the horizon? Amen. You see the storm clouds on the horizon. Brother Keegan, nobody knows the day or the hour. Nobody knows the day, but Jesus Christ said, you know that summer's drawing nigh. You know that what's happening, you see the leaves. You can tell the storm's coming. It's coming. You see all this stuff happening in the world today. And you see the world as a world movement. The whole COVID thing was a world movement. It wasn't just over here in America. It was everywhere. Let's get, it, when this one guy comes in, he's going to control everything. And he's going to be able to control these things. And it says that verse 18, Here is wisdom. Let him that hath understanding count the number of the beast. For it is a number of a man. And his number is 603 score and six. Six, six, six. Now what that represents is six would be the number of man. Three. You got three sixes there. Three always represents God in the Bible. Trinity. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit. So you got three. Trinity, three sixes. You got a man trying to be God. That's what that number represents. Now, you, we could go in for three days. Where that number's at. You'll see this number everywhere. You'll see that number associated with so many different things. You'll see that in the, in the uh, UPC code. It's, that number's everywhere. But the question is this morning, and I, 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 this is what I really want to preach on this morning. Why should we study this stuff? Because I thought about that. I'm, I'm getting this sermon together, and I am thought, what? Okay, so I can show you that the number, I can show you and talk about the chip inside the hand. I can, we can talk about the number of the beast, and it's 666, and we can try to break some of that down. But really, why? What good does that do a Christian? What good does that do you in your everyday walk with the, with the Lord Jesus Christ? 
Because some of y'all, y'all love this stuff like me just because it's, it's interesting. But there has to be a reason why, we're, why am I doing eight sermons on the Antichrist? Why so I want to show you this morning three reasons why it's so important to study the Antichrist. That's what I'm going to preach on this morning, quickly. Three reasons why we study the Antichrist and why I spend so much time, personally, I spend so much time studying the Antichrist. First reason. First reason is it proves the Bible to be amazing. Say, so, well, all of it is amazing. Yeah, I know. I know all of it is amazing. We all agree that. Amen. But here's my problem I've ran into in my witnessing to people, talking to people about the Bible, how amazing a book it is, is I can show you that Jesus Christ fulfilled all these prophecies 45, 48 of them specifically, uh, and some of them were written a thousand years before he was born. I can show you all of this stuff in the Bible, and there's people, when you show them that, they're just like, yeah, but men wrote that. They could have wrote that after he was born. They could have went back in time and wrote that after he was born. And they just, you, you just can't convince them, and they just can't, they just can't wrap their mind around it. And they, want, and they use that as an excuse to get out of the Bible being true. They're like, well, I see the prophecy, you can't deny it, but I think men tinkered with it. I think men tinkered with it. But when you study the Antichrist, my brothers and sisters in Christ, when you study the Antichrist and you show men and women these prophecies that you're seeing come, come true right before their, their, before their very eyes, it brings it home to a man or a woman. It makes it real. These words, we've had these words in English for 400 years. Nobody's been tinkering with this thing. It's, it's in English for 400 years, and you're seeing it come to, come to pass today. And when you study Antichrist, you see this stuff. Just what I read to you, the, the, the mandates there in verse 16, the, the mark in the skin, in the right hand. The, the, if you don't have the mark, you can't buy or sell. All this stuff's coming to pass before somebody's very eyes. I mean, when I went, with, went in with Brother Henry to the prisons there in Gatesville and we were in there and I was talking to this atheist and he was arguing with me and he said well, why do you believe the Bible the Bible's so foolish and I said this is why I'll tell you right here and I turned to Revelation 13 I showed him this stuff you know what he did he didn't say a stinking word he got really really quiet you know why it brings it home because you're like okay I see I see I see and what I'll say to them is this see that right there that image it, has to, it comes alive and starts speaking? Yeah. They couldn't do that 100 years ago. These words were written 2,000 years ago. These words were written down by John, by revelation of Jesus Christ, 2,000 years ago. Were translated into the English for us right around 500, 600. It were purified in 400, 400 years ago. So you got 400 years these words have been in English and they were impossible. Up until now. A hundred years ago, you can't make an image and make it talk. You'd have to, we know exactly how they're going to do it. With computers. They're doing it today, brothers and sisters, over in Japan. They got these bots that look like women and they talk and they move around. It's creepy. It's that right there. They couldn't do that 50 years ago, could they? That Bible right there, that verse right there is being fulfilled today. It was prophesied 2,000 years ago. Has that blown your mind yet? It should. Look at this. Verse 16. 
and causeth all, both small and great, rich and poor, to free and bond, receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads that no man might buy or sell. That would have been impossible 50 years ago. Impossible. Right? Amen. But with the, with the advent of computers, and with the advent of our society going cashless, it's happening today. Yesterday, MasterCard Visa came out and said, you no longer can use a MasterCard Visa in Russia. We cut them off. That should have scared every one of you. Amen. They don't scare you? I bet I could make y'all come up here one at a time and open up your wallet or your purse and there would be a MasterCard or Visa in there. I don't care if it's a debit or a credit card. You're controlled by that thing. And your money, you might have, have $100,000 in the bank, but you might have only $50 cash in your wallet, and you've got that MasterCard visa, and you're like, well, I'll just get my gas here, and I get... What if you was to not be able to walk out these doors and not be able to use it? That's what they did to Russia. Russia laughed at them and said, well, we've got our own banking system. We can, they can still use it inside of Russia. You just can't use it outside of Russia. It doesn't matter. It's scary that one group can control that many people by the millions. It said it was going to happen here 2,000 years ago, and just 50 years ago, it was impossible. Are you grabbing a hold of this stuff yet? <laughs> That's what I'm saying. When you're studying the Bible and you're studying the Antichrist, it proves the Bible to be amazing. It does to me. Most civilizations that you know of are extinct. Going extinct, have gone extinct. People love to talk about the Romans. They love to talk about the Greeks. They love to talk about the Egyptians with pharaohs. They're all gone. And if you look at them and study them, they only lasted a couple of hundred years. Some of them only lasted a couple of hundred years. Greece lasted a couple of hundred years, and then they went off. This Bible prophesizes about a civilization called the Jews, a land called Israel. And you said, it said in 2,000 years, this is what's going to happen in this land. This is what's going to happen to this people. And it's happening today. That's amazing. That's amazing, guys. I mean, the world don't get it. It just goes flies over their head. They'll, they'll say, I'm going to watch the History Channel on Nostradamus. You know, they, they don't get it. They don't get it. It don't make no sense. They don't, they don't understand that they got this book right here that you can get that any church, I, I can't think of a church that wouldn't hand you one of these Bibles for free. Take it. And it shows you some of the most amazing things in history. And it prophesies some of the most amazing things and it's happening today. See, I couldn't even imagine saying... In, in 2,000 years, the Native American Indian is going to do this and going to do that. And come back to their land. The Native American is going to come back to land. They're going to get America back. They're going to get teepees. They're going to start worshiping the great uh, spirit father. And Can you imagine? Who cares if I say that? I'm about to die. I'm not going to be around. There's been many, many men prophesy and talk about many, many things. And none of it came to pass. Not in this book. It came to pass and it's coming to pass. Another thing about this Bible that helps you to study the word, to study it, to study it, and to study the Antichrist, here's the second reason. The second reason is simply this: it explains world events. 
When you study the Antichrist, not only do you find out this Bible is an amazing book, but it helps you to understand what you're seeing going on in the world today on Fox News, CNN, whatever you're seeing in the paper, whatever you get your news from. It helps to you to understand what's going on. Look at Revelation 16. Revelation 16, verse 12. When you study the Antichrist, it helps you to understand what's going on in the world today. And what's going on in the world today is that spirit of Antichrist is moving. It's working. It's been working since the time of John, and it's working today. And he's working. He's working behind the scenes. Look at Revelation chapter 16, verse 12. And the sixth angel poured out his vial upon the great river Euphrates, and the water thereof was dried up, and the way of the kings, plural, kings of the east, might be prepared. So the prophecy is that there's going to be kings on the east, and they're going to come towards Jerusalem. What's in the east? Well, that's Russia, and that's China. That's Russia, and that's China. And you've got to go through Persia. That'd be Iraq and Iran. What is the world talking about today? They're not talking about Africa. Africa has all the riches. Africa has all the diamonds. Africa, Africa is one of the richest continents in the world. You would think, you look at Africa, you say, man, if somebody could get a hold of Africa, what they could do with Africa, they could control the whole world. It's not Africa. It's Russia and China and Iran and Iraq. The kings of the east. Now, knowing this, turn to Revelation chapter 9. Revelation chapter, and notice it said plural in there. It said plural kings. Plural kings. So you got China and Russia in the east. You know what China and Russia do? They have war games together. Been having them together since 2004. They should be enemies. China and Russia have nothing in common. They should be enemies. But the Bible says they're going to join together and going to come against Jerusalem in the end times. And today they're doing war games together. What's the one country that stood behind Russia when it invaded Ukraine? China. As a matter of fact, China said, good, now we can go into Tehran. Nobody can do anything about that. Because Biden's too weak. He's going to let that happen. We can go into Tehran. I mean, that's scary, guys. But it's, it's scary if you don't know Jesus Christ is about to come back. Amen. Now turn to Revelation 9, verse 14. So what you have going, let me, and, and, and turn to 14, but let me explain what's going on. So in the Gospels, you have four different accounts of the first coming of Jesus Christ. You've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So in the book of Revelation, you're going to have four different accounts of the second coming of Jesus Christ. You've got, you got the seven seals. You've got the count of the seals. You've got the count of the trumpets. You've got the count of the personages, which we just read in Revelation 13. And you've got the fourth account, which is the count of the vials. So the, and so you got four retellings of the second coming of Jesus Christ. So that, that one I turned you to in Revelation 16, that's the fourth, that's the fourth account. And I want to show you that because I want to go back to the first account, Revelation chapter 9. Look at Revelation chapter 9. Actually, the second account, Revelation chapter 9, verse 14. Because it shows you, it gives you a little bit more details. So we study the, we, we, we study the Antichrist because it explains world events. Look at verse 14. So saying to the sixth angel which had the trumpet, so this is the sixth trumpet, loose the four angels. If you notice what I read to you in 16, that was the, that was the sixth vial. 
angel with the sixth vial. So they're, they're going hand in hand here. Loose the four angels which are bound in the great river Euphrates. That river Euphrates runs at the top by Turkey and it runs all the way down to, there, to, the, uh, to that coastline there. And it separates out all that area so you can't get to Jerusalem from China or Russia. And it says, uh, these angels are bound in that great river Euphrates, and the four angels, verse 15, were loosed, which were prepared for an hour and a day and a month and a year for to slay the third part of men. That's a lot of men. And the number of the army of the horsemen were 200,000,000. And I heard the number of them. 200,000,000 is a 200 million man army. That's impossible. America doesn't have a 200 million man army. You know who's the only country that has a 200 million man army? China. <laughs> Just happened to be a dink. So the dry, he's going to dry that river up so that 200 million man army can come across. Look at verse 17. Do you think this is China? And thus I saw the horses in the vision. So notice this is a vision. And then that sat on them having breastplates of fire and of jacinth and of brimstone. So their breastplates had a fire, red, jacinth, that's dark blue, and brimstone, that's yellow. China's flag is yellow and red, and their military wears blue, dark blue. All those colors right there are associated with China. Goes on to this, and the heads of the horses were as the heads of lions. And out of their mouth issued fire and smoke and brimstone. You ever seen a Chinese dragon? It's a, it's a, that Chinese dragon is the head of a lion that's breathing fire. All that right there is telling you that's China. That's associated with China. Let me show you something else. Turn to Ezekiel chapter 39. See, if you spend the time in the Bible and turn off your computer or your TV, you'd be amazed what you'll find in there. There's some amazing stuff in there. But it helps you to understand what's going on in the world today. So Ezekiel chapter 39, verse 1. So, understand this. Ezekiel chapter 38 and Ezekiel chapter 39, there are two accounts of the battle of Armageddon and the battle that's going to take place at the end of the millennial kingdom. That's in Revelation chapter 20. So these, these are prophecies of those two battles. But notice what's talked about in Revelation. And you can read those. Go home and read these chapters and you'll see what I'm saying. These are prophecies of the battle of Armageddon. But there's a prophecy of Gog and Magog. Verse 1. Ezekiel chapter 39 verse 1. Therefore thou son of man prophesy against Gog. And say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshech and Tubal. You know what that is? That's Moscow and Tubalisk. That's the Hebrew way of saying Moscow, and that Tubal is Tobolisk. Those are two Russian cities. What's Russia doing today? Conquering that Ukraine, conquering that area, causing all kinds of trouble. And you remember, was it 10 years ago that they said that the bear was dead? Remember, the bear is dead. Nobody, you know, the Cold War's over. Russia's just, a, it's, 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 it, 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 nobody cares about Russia anymore. It's all about China's rose up. Now we're worried about China. We should have still been worried about Russia. Why can't we have both China and Russia to worry about? That's what God's going to do. And that's what God's doing in prophecy. See, that, that prophecy's directly associated with Moscow. See, turn to chapter 38 of Ezekiel. Look at verse, verse 2. Ezekiel chapter 38, verse 2. Son of man, set thy face against Gog, the land of Magog. 
the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal, there they are again, and prophesy against them, and say, Thus saith the Lord God, Behold, I am against thee, O Gog, the chief prince of Meshach and Tubal. There it is, over and over again, Moscow, Moscow, Moscow. What we'd say is Moscow. That's directly where the land is. Look at verse 5. Persia, Ethiopia, and Libya with them. Persia, that's Iraq and Iran. Look at verse 6. Gomer, Gomer is Germany. It's all right there. That European Union, they're all against there. They're all coming down. They're all coming down to the battle of Armageddon. They're all coming down against Jesus Christ. They're all going to come down. And you're seeing Russia and China directly prophesied 2,000 years ago. So when you're reading in the paper or you're seeing this stuff on TV, well, China's doing this and Russia's going against Ukraine and they're such a big mess, what does that tell you? The Antichrist is getting ready to come in. Look at Revelation 6. We're going back to Revelation. That's where we'll stay in the book of Revelation. And I'm closing. I'm getting close to closing. Revelation 6. Turn to Revelation 6 and I'll show you. Guys, you got this book in your lap. You got the best thing going. It's the only thing holy on this earth you're ever going to hold. The words of God. You got it in your lap. Read it. Study it. Don't just take my word for it. Do some studying yourself. You'll be amazed what you'll find in there. Look at Revelation chapter 6. Look at verse 6. Going back to the first account. Now this is the four horsemen coming out. And when the four horsemen comes out, one of them has a black horse, and that, four, that horseman has scales or a balance, and he's holding this balance. And when he comes out, this is what the Bible says at that time. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts say, A measure of wheat for a penny, and three measures of barley for a penny. That's a day's wages. So the economy is going to collapse. At that time, the economy is going to collapse. Does the economy seem like it's collapsing right now? Yeah. We're, we're, we're seeing inflation like we've never seen before. It's going on all over the world. It's caused, of course, by all the COVID shutdowns and stuff. But what does that have to do with things? It has everything to do with God's making the world ready for the Antichrist to come in. We need, one, we need one man who could just stand up and clean up this mess. We know it's not Biden. At least I hope you know that. I think even the people who voted for him are kind of realizing that now. Who is it? I know a man. Who is it? Trump? No, no, it's not Trump. Who is it? I know a man. It's Jesus Christ. The world says, I got a man. The devil says, I got a man. His name is the Antichrist. So that's what's happening. They're getting ready. Verse 6, I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts saying, Measure wheat for a penny, three measures of barley for a penny. And notice, see thou hurt not the oil and the wine. That's been written in English for 400 years. We're living in 2022. Have you noticed the gas pumps? Are y'all ready to pay $4 for gas? How about five? How about six or $7 a gallon? Why don't they shut down the Russian oil? Because we're going to shut down our own oil but we're going to let Russia make all the money with their oil because we're going to save the planet. That's the leadership we have. Guys, I hate to tell you this, but it's all about the oil. That's why nobody wants to do nothing to Russia because they're buying the oil. Hurt not the oil. I thought, we were, I thought it says there that the economy collapsed. Yeah, it sure did, but he says don't hurt the oil. It's right there in black and white. It's all about the oil. 
And the wine, that speaks to wealth. It's all about wineries. It's all about drinking wine, sip and serve, shop and sip, whatever you want, whatever words they have for it now. Turn to Revelation 19. That right there, that verse right there is enough to tell you that's going on. So you're reading, you're, you're studying the Antichrist, and you're seeing that say, to hurt not the oil, that tells you, hey, I, that explains everything going on in the world. It's all about the oil. You know why Trump got ran out of office? Why they, why they, when they, why they rigged that election? And I think they rigged it. It's because he had the oil down so low. That's only, that's only reason. That's why they ran him out. Because oil, what was we paying gas? $1.60? That's too cheap. Hey, I got friends in the oil business. They told me, if the gas is, that two, if the gas is below $2, we can't go out. If it gets above $2, we're going out. We're making money. Man, what, what if, what's it like when it's 4 or $5 a gallon? I've, I've seen one of my friend's checks that works in the oil business, $30,000 in one month. When, when, when it's good, you know whenever Trump was in office, he came back home and got a job in local, locally in town. You think he's mad that Biden's in office? He says he is. But the pocketbook doesn't say it. Amen? It's all about the money, guys. Revelation chapter 19, verse 11. It's all about the money, and the money's with the oil. And we're closing. And I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse, and he that sat upon him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he doth judge and make war. This is our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ coming back. His, eye was, his eyes were as a flame of fire, on his head were many crowns, and he had a name written that no man knew but he himself. And he was clothed with the vesture dipped in blood. And his name is called the Word of God. That's our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. So for time's sake, skip down to verse 19. And I saw the beast, the Antichrist, and the kings of the earth. That's the, the kings of the earth. That's Gomer, that's Germany, that's Russia, that's China. And their armies gathered together to make war against him, against Jesus Christ that sat on the horse. And against his army, that's us coming back. Verse 20. And the beast... The Antichrist was taken, and with him the false prophet that wrought miracles before him, with which he deceived them that had received the mark of the beast, and them that worshipped his image. These both, the Antichrist and false prophet, were cast alive into a lake of fire burning with brimstone. The devil gets his in the end. He does there in verse 20. I mean, chapter 20. The devil gets his, he gets thrown in the bottomless pit, for he's thrown. Guys, the Antichrist gets it in the end. He gets cast into hell. But here's the third reason. And maybe this is the main reason why you should be studying the Antichrist. It keeps your eyes looking up for Jesus Christ. So when you're studying the Antichrist, it's going to prove the Bible's amazing. It's going to help explain world events going on today. And thirdly, it's going to keep your eyes looking up for the return of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And He is coming. Amen. Amen. He is coming. So when you're seeing this stuff happen, all these mandates and all this stuff, I know in our heart, we, we get, at least I get mad about losing the liberty, and we're losing this and we're losing that, but in my mind and in the, from a biblical point of view, I think, you know what? Maybe this is, this is what we need, because this means that we're just that much closer to Jesus Christ coming back. If it takes me going to prison for believing this book for Jesus Christ coming back, I guess I'm going to be eating some bread and beans. Because I'm ready for him to come back. Please come back, Lord Jesus, quickly. Heavenly Father, Lord, I just thank you for your book. Thank for these people, Lord, that love you and love your book, Lord God. And I pray, Father, your Holy Spirit will move among us, Lord. Touching us, giving us what we need, Lord God, comforting us. But, Father, I pray, Lord, if there's somebody who needs to sign my voice that, 
doesn't know Jesus Christ, the Lord and Savior, Father. They're afraid, Lord, that they'll be left behind when we get raptured out, Lord, and they wouldn't know what to do, Lord. I pray, Father, when this invitation is given, Lord God, they come on down the aisle and get saved and take Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. And I'm praying all this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, let's have an invitation, brother. Hello, friends. This is Pastor Keegan Hall of Indian Gap Baptist Church of Indian Gap, Texas. If you'd like to contact us, you can do it at IndianGapBaptist.com. On the internet, it's IndianGapBaptist.com. But I have a question for you. If you died tonight, do you know if you would go to heaven? You know, if you're not sure, let me show you a few verses out of the Bible so you can know if you have eternal life. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 5, verse 13, These things have I written unto you that believe on the name of the Son of God, that you may know that you have eternal life and that you may believe on the name of the Son of God. So that verse tells us there that you can know you have eternal life. And I want to show you how you can know that. Jesus Christ talked in John chapter 3, verse 16, and most people have heard this verse. For God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten Son, that whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Now that's an amazing verse, of course, talking about how God gave Jesus Christ as a gift to the world, but... Verse 17 and 18, he went on to say something interesting. For God sent not his Son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him might be saved. So the whole reason Jesus Christ came into this world was to save you and to save me and you. But in verse 18, he says something that's amazing. He says that he that believeth on him is not condemned. He's stressing a faith. It's putting your faith into Jesus Christ. But he says there in verse 18, but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. So he says you're condemned already if you haven't believed in Jesus Christ. It's not like you're going to go to heaven and you're going to stand before God and you're going to have God put your good deeds on the scale and your bad deeds on, on the other side of the scale and he's going to weigh it and if you've been a good enough person down on this earth that he'll let you into heaven. It doesn't work that way. Jesus Christ is real explicit here to say that you're condemned already. You need a Savior right now. The same chapter down in verse 36, it says, He that believeth on the Son hath everlasting life. It goes back to a believe, putting your faith in Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. But the verse continues, And he that believeth not the Son shall not see life, but the wrath of God abideth on him. See, it's going on right now. You need a Savior right now. You need to be saved from a devil's hell. Paul sums it up real good here in Romans chapter 10, verse 9. That if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus, and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. It's putting your faith in Jesus Christ from the heart. For with the heart man believeth unto righteousness. And then with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It's very important to confess Jesus Christ because the mouth shows where the heart's at. And in verse 13, he sums it up, For whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. So friends, as simple as just bowing your head and saying a prayer, something like this. Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know you died on the cross for my sins. I believe you can came up from the grave and are alive right now listening to me. I invite you into my heart to save me. Please save me, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you prayed something similar to that, we'd love to hear from you. You can contact us at IndianGapBaptist.com. And God bless you, and until next time. Casting all.
your care upon him.